0: Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Mark, chapter 9. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. After six days... one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't really know what he was saying because he was so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud, "'This is my Son, whom I love. Listen to him.' Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead." They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead could possibly mean. And they asked him, Why did the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it was written about him. gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the Spirit, but they could not. "'You unbelieving generation,' Jesus replied, "'how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me.' So they brought him. When the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, "'How long has he been like this?' From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, please take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. "'You deaf and mute spirit,' he said, "'I command you, come out of him and never enter him again.' The spirit screamed, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, "'He's dead.' But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, "'Why couldn't we drive it out?' He replied, "'This kind can come out only by prayer.' They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were, because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they didn't understand what he meant, and they were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child, whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Teacher said, John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he's not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly, I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah, will certainly not lose their reward. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where the worms that eat them do not die, and the fire is never quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. Now, Jesus, at the end of this chapter, gives a description of hell. And he gives a warning about radically dealing with sin. And some people have taken this and perverted his words and misunderstood them. But he said, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. He's not literally talking about cutting your hand off if your hand is used in the commission of a sin. He's talking about be radical in dealing with sin in your life. He goes on to say, it's better to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell. And so he's not talking literally cutting off hands. Once again, he's talking about us dealing ruthlessly with our own sins so we don't end up in hell. Speaking of hell, he speaks of it, he says, where the fire never goes out. And so we get this little clue about uh, hell. The fire never goes out. He goes on to say, if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. He's saying being thrown into hell is horrible, not to literally cut your foot off. Same thing about the eye. Uh, Pluck it out unless you end up with two eyes in hell. But about hell, he says, the worms that eat them do not die. The fire is never quenched. Now, beside Jerusalem was a place called the Hinnom Valley. And one of the words that's translated as hell in the New Testament is Gehenna, referencing that valley. Well, this was the trash dump this was where the maggots were eating the old trash and dead carcasses of dogs were out there and the waste and the rubbish from the great city of Jerusalem was thrown. They were continually trying to burn all this waste. And so this word Gehenna um, is translated as hell. It's, it's intended to give the imagery of the worms eating the stuff there continually, except in the real eternal hell The worms don't eat them just temporarily and die. These worms never die. In the real hell, the fire doesn't go out when it rains. The fires keep on burning. And the real hell, you can go there with your uh, hands and your feet intact. But the point is that you go there with your soul out of kilter with God's will. And so the scripture that's we've just read through is not about cutting off hands and feet and plucking out eyes. It's talking about getting your life together in the Lord, having your sins forgiven and living a holy life before the Lord so that you don't end up in hell. Now, this same chapter contains what's known as the transfiguration of Jesus. In verse 2, it says, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him, led them up to a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And then ultimately, a cloud appears over them, and a voice comes from heaven saying, This is my Son, whom I love. Listen to him. Now, these disciples— James, John, Peter, they never recanted this. In other words, they they told this story. And ultimately, they were all executed for being Christians, with the possible exception of John, the beloved. They were all executed. They never said this didn't happen. They continued to say they were eyewitnesses of this event, where Jesus was transfigured from looking like a mortal man to an eternal being along with Elijah, who had been caught up into heaven alive a thousand years before, and Moses, who had died 1,500 years before, who was standing there transfigured himself on this mountain. So Elijah, Moses, and Jesus all appeared in their glorified bodies. And these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, they were eyewitnesses, and they gave their testimony, We saw him. Transfigured, And we heard his father's voice from heaven saying, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. That testimony comes down to us today, friends. In this chapter, Jesus also encounters a, a father with a son who has a demon. And uh, the disciples had been un- unable to cast the demon out. And the father asked Jesus to have pity on him. And he says, If you can do anything, please have pity on us. And Jesus says, if you can, in other words, the the father was posing the question, if you can do anything, please help us. And then he says, Jesus responds, why are you asking if I can do anything? He goes on to say, everything is possible for one who believes. And then immediately the voice father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Now, friends, that is a genuine righteous plea for someone who's looking for God to do something in their life. The Bible says that only through faith can we live lives that are pleasing to God. And so we have to have faith to believe that God exists. We have to have faith to receive the mercy of God, the salvation of God. We have to have faith to receive anything from God. And so this man believed, and yet he was dealing with unbelief. And many of us today believe the words of scripture and yet we're dealing with unbelief in certain areas and so we want to be like this man who Jesus responded to he replied to Jesus i do believe yet help me in my unbelief and so lord i pray for all of the listeners lord they're listening today and they believe that these words are the words of god from your scriptures in the gospel of mark lord they and I believe. We have faith in you. We have faith in your word. Lord, help us to overcome any unbelief that remains within us. Lord, you said all things are possible for those who believe. Lord, we want the all things in God that you've promised us in your scriptures. Help us to overcome all unbelief. Lord, we love you. We're counting on you to do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.